0: Today is January the 13th, today we see Joseph sold. Today, as you read through the Bible in a year, please read Genesis chapters 36 to 38. Now, in Genesis chapter 36, we have the genealogy of Esau. Since we're talking about Esau, who would later become uh, one of the chief antagonists of Israel, we also mention uh, the people of Edom, and uh Moab, I believe now in chapter thirty seven we uh hear in thirty seven two the account of Jacob and his family, but we get the story of Joseph. Joseph is uh Jacob's eleventh uh, son, but he is the first son of his favored wife, uh Rebecca. Rebecca has since. Uh, excuse me, Rachel. Rachel has since died uh, after having given birth uh, to Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin. But uh, Jacob favors Joseph. In fact, he gives Joseph the birthright, the the right of being the firstborn son in spite of the fact that he was the 11th. Now, Jacob, uh, Joseph has dreams and in those dreams, he sees himself as ruling over his brothers. You can imagine how that went over with his brothers. They really, really hate Joseph. So they decide to kill him. Uh, Joseph was given a coat with long sleeves that was indicative that Joseph was not expected to work. Uh, If you worked, you wore short sleeves. Joseph goes to check up on his brothers. His brothers decide to kill him. They throw him in a pit. Uh, Reuben, the oldest, decides that he'll come back later and actually rescue Joseph from the pit. But while Reuben is away tending the flock, his brothers see a Midianite caravan passing by and say, What good does his death do? Let's sell him. At least we'll get some coin for Joseph. And so they sell him uh, to be carried to Egypt and sold as a slave. Now, in chapter 38, the last chapter, we have the story of Tamar. I'll let you read that chapter. The story of Tamar is actually a story of depravity. Judah uh, uh, refuses to give his son to Tamar, who has now survived two of uh, of uh, Joseph's son. His, he, she has buried uh, the oldest two of Judah's sons. Um, Judah refuses to give her the third son and so she tricks him into thinking she's a prostitute. Judah goes into her as a prostitute. I honestly believe that this whole chapter is to show us the depravity of Joseph's brothers. Today, please read Genesis chapters 36 to 38.
1: This is the account of the descendants of Esau, also known as Edom. Esau married two young women from Canaan, Adah, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Aholabamah, the daughter of Anah, the granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite. He also married his cousin Basmyth, who was the daughter of Ishmael and the sister of Nebaoth. Adah gave birth to a son named Eliphaz for Esau. Basimuth gave birth to a son named Reuel. Aholabamah gave birth to sons named Jeush, Jalam, and Korah. All these sons were born to Esau in the land of Canaan. Esau took his wives, his children, and his entire household along with his livestock and cattle, all the wealth he had acquired in the land of Canaan, and moved away from his brother Jacob. There was not enough land to support both of them because of all the livestock and possessions they had acquired. So Esau, also known as Edom, settled in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of Esau's descendants, the Edomites, who lived in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife Ada, and Reuel the son of Esau's wife Basemith. The descendants of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho, Godam, and Kenaz. Timna, the concubine of Esau's son Eliphaz, gave birth to a son named Amalek. These are the descendants of Esau's wife Ada. The descendants of Ruel were Nahath, Zira, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the descendants of Esau's wife, Basemith. Esau also had sons through Aholabamah, the daughter of Anah and granddaughter of Zibion. Their names were Jeush, Jalum, and Korah. These are the descendants of Esau who became the leaders of various clans. The descendants of Esau's oldest son, Eliphaz, became the leaders of the clans of Teman, Omar, Zepho, Kenaz, Korah, Gedim, and Amalek. These are the clan leaders in the land of Edom who were descended from Eliphaz. All these were descendants of Esau's wife Adah. The descendants of Esau's son Rule became the leaders of the clans of Naath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the clan leaders of the land of Edom who descended from Rule. All these descendants of Esau's wife Basimuth. The descendants of Esau and his wife Aholabema became the leaders of the clans of Jeush, Jalam, and Korah. These are the clan leaders who descended from Esau's wife Aholabema, the daughter of Anna. These are the clans descended from Esau, also known as Edom, identified by their clan leaders. These are the names of the tribes that descended from Seir the Horite. They lived in the land of Edom, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Ana, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. These were the Horite clan leaders, the descendants of Seir, who lived in the land of Edom. The descendants of Lotan were Horai and Heman, Lotan's sister was named Timna. The descendants of Shobal were Alvin, Minahath, Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. The descendants of Zibian were Ana and Aya. This is the Ana who discovered the hot springs in the wilderness while he was grazing his father's donkeys. The descendants of Ana were his son Dishon and his daughter Aholabema. The descendants of Dishan were Hamdan, Eshban, Ithran, and Kirin. The descendants of Ezer were Bilhan, Zavan, and Achan. The descendants of Dishan were Uz and Aaron. So these were the leaders of the Horite clans, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Ana, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. The Horite clans are named after their clan leaders, who lived in the land of Seir. These are the kings who ruled in the land of Edom before any king ruled over the Israelites. Bela, son of Beor, who ruled in Edom from his city of Deneba. When Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah, from Bozerah, became king in his place. When Jobab died, Husham, from the land of the Temanites, became king in his place. When Husham died, Hadad, son of Bedad, became king in his place, and ruled from the city of Abeth. He was the one who defeated the Minyanites in the land of Moab. When Hadad died, Samla, from the city of Mazrica, became king in his place. When Samla died, Shal, from the city of Rehoboth on the river, became king in his place. When Shal died, baal son of Akbor, became king in his place. When Baal-hanan, son of Akbor, died, Hadad became king in his place and ruled from the city of Paul. His wife was Mehedabel, the daughter of Matrid, and the granddaughter of Mezahab. These are the names of the leaders of the clans descended from Esau who lived in the places named for them. Timnah, Alvon, Jetheth, Bama, Elah, Pinnan, Kenaz, Teman, Mibzar, Magdiel, and Iram. These are the leaders of the clans of Edom listed according to their settlements in the land they occupied. They all descended from Esau, the ancestor of the Edomites. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was seventeen years old, he often tended his father's flock. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives Bilhah and Ziphla. So Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night Joseph had a dream, and he told his brothers about it. They hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low to mine his brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams, and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, Your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I will send them to you. I am ready to go, Joseph replied. Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way. And Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? he asked. I am looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing the sheep? "'Yes,' the man told him. "'They have moved on from here, but I heard them say, "'Let's go on to Dothan.' So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. "'Here comes the dreamer,' they said. "'Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. "'We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. "'Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams.' But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So, when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty, there was no water in it. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gildad down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for twenty pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Sometime later Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Then he went back to his brothers and lamented, "'The boy is gone! What will I do now?' Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robes in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message, "'Look what we found! Doesn't this robe belong to your son?' Their father recognized it immediately. "'Yes,' he said, "'it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces.' Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time." His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. About this time, Judah left home and moved to Adullam, where he stayed with a man named Hira. There he saw a Canaanite woman, the daughter of Shua, and he married her. When he slept with her, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and he named the boy Ur. Then she became pregnant again and gave birth to another son, and she named him Onan. And when she gave birth to a third son, she named him Shelah. At the time of Shelah's birth, they were living at Kezib. In the course of time, Judah arranged for his firstborn son Ur to marry a young woman named Tamar. But Er was a very wicked man in the Lord's sight, so the Lord took his life. Then Judah said to Er's brother Onan, "'Go and marry Tamar, as our law requires of the brother of a man who has died.' you must produce an heir for your brother. But Onan was not willing to have a child who would not be his own heir. So whenever he had intercourse with his brother's wife, he spilled the semen on the ground. This prevented her from having a child who would belong to his brother. But the Lord considered it evil for Onan to deny a child to his dead brother. So the Lord took Onan's life too. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, go back to your parents' home and remain a widow until my son Shelah is old enough to marry you. But Judah didn't really intend to do this because he was afraid Shelah would also die, like his two brothers. So Tamar went back to live in her father's home. Some years later, Judah's wife died after the time of mourning was over. Judah and his friend Hira the Adullamite went up to Timnah to supervise the shearing of his sheep. Someone told Tamar, look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. Tamar was aware that Sheila had grown up, but no arrangements had been made for her to come and marry him. So she changed out of her widow's clothing and covered herself with a veil to disguise herself. Then she sat beside the road at the entrance to the village of Enaim, which is on the road to Timnah. Judah noticed her and thought she was a prostitute, since she had covered her face. So he stopped and propositioned her. "'Let me have sex with you,' he said, not realizing that she was his own daughter-in-law. "'How much will you pay to have sex with me?' Tamar asked. "'I'll send you a young goat from my flock,' Judah promised. "'But what will you give me, in guarantee that you will send the goat?' she asked." "'What kind of guarantee do you want?' he replied. She answered, "'Leave me your identification seal and its cord and the walking stick you are carrying.' So Judah gave them to her. Then he had intercourse with her, and she became pregnant. Afterward, she went back home, took off her veil, and put on her widow's clothing, as usual. Later, Judah asked his friend, Hira the Adulamite, to take the young goat to the woman and to pick up the things he had given her as his guarantee. But Hira couldn't find her.' "'So he asked the men who lived there, "'Where can I find the shrine prostitute "'who was sitting beside the road at the entrance of Enam?" "'We've never had a shrine prostitute here,' they replied. "'So Hiro returned to Judah and told him, "'I couldn't find her anywhere, "'and the men of the village claimed "'they've never had a shrine prostitute there. "'Then let her keep the things I gave her,' Judah said." I sent the young goat, as we agreed, but you couldn't find her. We'd be the laughing stock of the village if we went back again to look for her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, the daughter-in-law, has acted like a prostitute, and now because of this, she is pregnant. Bring her out and let her be burned, Judah demanded. But as they were taking her out to kill her, she sent this message to her father-in-law. The man who owns these things made me pregnant. Look closely. Whose seal and cord and walking stick are these? Judah recognized them immediately and said, She is more righteous than I am, because I didn't arrange for her to marry my son, Sheila, and Judah never slept with Tamar again. When the time came for Tamar to give birth, it was discovered that she was carrying twins. While she was in labor, one of the babies reached out his hand— the midwife grabbed it and tied a scarlet string around the child's wrist. This one came out first, but then he pulled back his hand, and out came his brother. What? The midwife exclaimed. How did you break out first? So he was named Pires. Then the baby with the scarlet string on his wrist was born, and he was named Zira.
0: Scripture reading by amelia Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see Psalms of Lament. If you live in the Greenwood, Indiana area, and you're looking for a church, we'd love to have you check us out. We're at 5307 West Fairview Road. Our morning service is at 10 a.m. I'd love to see you there tomorrow.